yourselves. Yay! Everybody live in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. you've been on this corner before? Yeah, I know. Like, what is this secret, amazing cave we've been holding from you? No, it's cool. Cool people still live in San Francisco. It's good. We're artists and shit. We smell funny. Sorry about. I'm sorry about the bathroom. I did. I didn't get here in enough time to clean it. There were hippies here early today. Uh, it's okay. I don't mean to be disparaging. I I actually have so much pubic hair. It's like a hair skirt. Like I've. I'm not even nervous about being naked in front of people because like. You can't see anything. There's so I can actually like French braid my pubic hair from back to front. <laughs> it is hot. <laughs> Nobody wants to Yeah, I know. I have I have I have armpit hair too. Not just because I dressed up as my boss for Halloween. Uh <laughs> I was sexy Jake. That doesn't make sense to anybody, but I work at a kitchen and I look just like my boss, except I was a girl and I dressed everything sexy. It was very funny. But I, I have armpit hair because I'm lazy. I thought, <laughs> you thought I was gonna say I'm a feminist. I am a feminist, but I, I don't shave because I'm lazy. <laughs> I find it very strange that in like 1904, uh, we couldn't flash a hairy ankle without being a disgusting slut. You know what I'm saying? And now, if you don't shave from your big toe to your twat like a four-year-old girl, you're still a disgusting slut. <laughs> but no one wants to sleep with you. They're like, ew, gross body hair. That's freaky. Oh, oh. You know everybody's into body hair? You're all body hair positive? That makes me really happy, because I can I'm just covering it up to try to be likable. You know what I mean? I've got like the socks and a big sweater on. No, uh, Gillette was actually formed in 1904, and it was one of those weird things like, oh, there are razors, and, and you can buy them, and then they advertised like, being clean and shaven makes you rich, <laughs> for men. <laughs> like, that's how they started, because it used to be like a side, like you were a frontiersman, right? Like you were out, and you're like, homesteading is the shit, and I grow my own crops, and I poop in a hole somewhere, and I have, I make butter and cheese. Something happens, uh, but they all had beards, and suddenly it was like they, they corporations changed your thought patterns. <gasps> oh my God, 1904 was so important. Did you guys hear about the new Gillette razor? Uh, it has 17 blades for the closest shave, uh, and, and the 13th blade is easily removable, so you can slit your throat in the shower because you'll never be good enough. <laughs> Gillette, the best a man can get. I'll never shave, I'm not good enough. You'll never love me. That's what they sold to us. I don't know what year it was. I don't read a lot. Uh, no, I do. <laughs> I just don't like to admit that I read because people are going to think, I'm a witch! Ah! <laughs> I'm a feminist. Language is political, right? It's rough, and we just we deal with it all the time. We're like, language is political, and we're just like, we're so involved in it. Like, I don't want to be political, but I'm a female. <laughs> right? I'm a person. I'm a human. We are all people. And I know it's not spelled like that, but boys have a peephole and girls have a vagina. <laughs> so I have to call myself a feminist because it's the only word without the word men in it. It's a spelling joke, it has an I. Feminist is actually spelled with an I, like I am a feminist. <laughs> like that's how that works. <laughs> You're like, me too! Ah! 
kidding. Uh, here's the thing. Guys like to put their name on everything. The one thing they can't do, menstruation. <laughs> and you think it's gross. Like, you're like, it's so gross. And we're just going to put our name all over that. <laughs> menstruation. Really? Really? <laughs> cool. It's like menopause. I get it. Men are going to pause on me because I can't have a baby anymore. Oh, she's so gross. Uh, uh, no, she's so I really don't want to be so heavy-handed with my feminism, but heavy-handed is a political word because it was about slapping your wife. Ah! <laughs> don't be heavy-handed when you slap that bitch in the face. Am I right? <laughs> Language is so political. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to be political. I know I'm so, I am too heavy-handed with the feminism. I know it's not likable. I'm like, no, don't beat me up in the streets. I have a tiny, tiny dick. It's called a clitoris. It's very... <laughs> They're like the same thing. They're actually like the same thing. Just one is small and one is big. I mean, guys just constantly have this problem with small dicks. Like, <sighs> I don't mean to be a feminist. I, I, I wish that it was like more. Ladies and gentlemen, the House of Pride show will be up and going in just five short minutes. Stay tuned for a fabulous episode of House of Pride Radio right here, live from San Francisco. It's finally accepted by Netflix is shaping our reality. Uh, cool, yay! I just, I love feminism. Knock, knock! Feminism! I can get my own door, thank you! <laughs> It's like the precept of feminism. <laughs> what would it do? Uh, I, I, and I, 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 I gotta, I, I, sorry I'm being so political. I don't mean to be, but like I had this really painful period and I thought I aborted the ghost of Scalia. Welcome to the House of Pride show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Tweaker Turner. We have quite a show for you tonight. We have J.D. Arnold all the way from Houston. We'll be talking to him. He's one half of that fabulous, dynamic, famous group, Dirty Disco. Why don't we get things warmed up now with uh, Dirty Disco's latest remix, A Little Respect Remix from that fabulous group Eraser, the famous group Eraser. Here it is, A Little Respect, Dirty Disco.
All right. Well, welcome back, House of Pride Radio, ladies and gentlemen, listening to the Fabulous Remix 130 Disco, entitled uh, "A Little Respect." From you know, it's a famous remix from Marisa. I want to welcome my uh, co-host, uh, Fudgy Fortage. Hey, Tweeka, it's great to be back. <laughs> it's great to have you. Oh my God, do I love you? Well, I love you too, Tweeka. <laughs> there's a lot of love in this room, and there's a lot of dirty disco in this a room. A whole lot of love. <laughs> Speaking of dirty disco, live on our telephone, all the way from Houston, Texas, is half of that dynamic duel. JD Arnold, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. How are you? I am fabulous, as you stated. <laughs> yes, we're bitches. Um, hey, I want to introduce you to my co-host tonight here on House of Pride Radio, the one and only uh, Fudgy Frontage. Frotage. Frotage. It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, too. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We're so used to talking to Mark, so this is quite an opportunity for us here know, at House I'm, of Pride. I'm the quiet one, <laughs> well, thank you for coming out of your shell tonight. Oh, Lord. Oh, well, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> um, so we're super excited. Now, you know, I must say, since the last time I spoke to uh, Mark, uh, you guys really, really ramped it up in terms of production. It's like you guys have become this sort of, you know, not sort of, but like an institution, the Dirty Disco, you know, um, brand, uh, turning it out. Tell us a little bit about that. Am I right in, in assuming that you've cranked it up? Yes, in the- you are. Okay. Absolutely right. Um, well, you know what a driving force Mark is. <laughs> yes. And I've actually found that I love to work too. So, uh, yeah, the combination, Mark is, we got to do this, we got to do that, we should do this, we should do this. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about uh, how the uh, Erasure Project uh, uh, fell into your lap. Well, um, we thought it was politically time uh, to revive this iconic day record. Um, and, you know, nobody else could do it like Erasure themselves. Uh, but, you know, the political climate has been so bad lately. We need to remind everybody we do deserve a little respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yes, yeah. that one too. <laughs> yeah, Another reason too. <laughs> now, was I right to hear that I heard a little bit of sampling of Funky Town in this particular remix? You may very well think so. <laughs> you may be hallucinating. I might be on something. <laughs> but it might be. If you hear that, that's what it is. Ah. What it is. Open to interpretation. What Fungi. it is. Yes. What it is is what it is. What it is. <laughs> so um, I saw that. Congratulations. Uh, this particular, you're actually more than one of your remixes charting all over the major record pools, uh, a little respect. No, I think it went to number one, as a matter of fact, so congratulations. Oh, well, thank you. Is this uh, also a billboard project? No, this was more a project of pleasure. And yeah, as I say, to put it back out there, we deserve respect. This is the right time for and I don't mean a little more respect. I mean, I mean gay people. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, you know, welcome to 2019, Fudgy. What a year 2018 has been, polit- the political yeah. climate, you know, just... The, the it has been disrespectful. It has. It, to many of us. Yes. Because of, you know who, the uh-huh. orange Cheeto, MAGA, <laughs> moron, MAGA moron. 
Fudgy yeah, is not no, shy, uh, Jamie. Are, are like, um, so Republican, but Houston's not at all Republican. So, Houston, well, Texas. maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there's a, it's a red state. Yes, but, but Houston is civilized. Yes. Folks who may not know, you guys... Um, you, your partner is Mark uh, DeLong, DeLong, and you guys DeLong. also own... Tell us a little about your, your business ventures over there in Houston. Well, that's really Mark. Um, but we have um, Hamburger Mary's, which I'm sure you all know. We have one of those um, here, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're a gay town when you have a Hamburger yeah, Mary's. And an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it the first one? <laughs> I, I mean, it might have been, and then it went out for a while, and now it's back. Yes. Ah, okay. And we have the eagle. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Yes. The eagle and a hamburger, Mary. And you the cockpit. Yeah. Do you have a cockpit? Not yet. <laughs> I, I think that's a JD's pants. It's called nicknamed the cockpit. <laughs> uh oh. Um, sorry, JD. I, I, I'm grabbing for stores. Um, but uh, yes, the eagle and hamburger, Mary's. Now, you are you the resident DJ at the eagle? I'm resident DJ on Saturday nights and on Sunday tea dance, which is Ooh. disco. Although I'm doing more, I'm adding a lot more disco house these days because there's so much fabulous music coming out. Yes. What is uh, tickling your bones right now in terms of new music? Of new music? Apart from our stuff? <laughs> <laughs> it is a disco house and uh, there is so much of it coming out. It's really re-inspired me about disco and how important dis disco is today and how relevant it is today. And there are some really great up-and-coming people that are doing some amazing mixes. I mean, number one has to be Purple Disco Machine are amazing, absolutely incredible. Awesome, yes. Um, speaking of disco, now your career goes back a uh, uh, couple of decades tell us a little bit about that where, where did yeah, that's a couple, <laughs> a couple. <laughs> it goes back just 10 years can you tell us about <laughs> when you were a teenager and when it all started i started in the dark ages <laughs> uh right when disco was about to blossom and worked all through the disco period in europe i was born in England and I worked my residency was in Brighton and I also did a residency up at Heaven in London uh, briefly before moving to Texas. I also lived in Holland for three years and so I DJed during the disco period there as well. So now can you fun. can you clarify because disco uh, in the UK and disco say in New York City versus disco in San Francisco. I mean for me I remember it starting in New York, and it was the, I think it was, you know, 70, I don't know if it was 74, if it was 71. Are you trying to age me? No, I'm aging myself, but I'm trying to remember what year all of that was really Let's kicking in. Let's just say I started before it started. <laughs> so I was there right from the beginning. When it was like it was three degrees, the mm -hmm. whole sound of Philadelphia was happening. Yeah. And okay. that was amazing music coming out then. And uh, then George McRae um, did uh, uh, Rock Your Baby, and then Hughes Corporation, Rock the Boat, uh, First Choice, all their early tracks. That was really the beginning. 
Um, there were a few a little bit before that that were going in that direction, but that's when it really started to change. And people say it died with Saturday Night Fever. Oh, was that the, the climax? <laughs> I it think really it really was when, when, when it, it became so commercial, even though that was an amazing collection of music. I mean, it really was. Some people say it died when a Disco Duck reached number three. Yeah, or well, that, went, was, that followed. Saturday and when Punk Fever. Rock started to kick in. But the beginning of the end was when it hit its commercial top. So it was like everywhere. And I think everybody started to get over it. While there was a movement against us, I never really got over it. But uh, I did change with the times. And when I moved to Houston in 1981, I decided I'm going to bring the sound of my country over here. And it was just the beginning of the new wave, the modern romance, the whole of the male-dominated, white vocalist type of sound. Um, and some people hated me when I first started DJing because they said I was trying to get rid of disco, which is the last thing from my mind. But I do believe we have to change with the times and develop as it changes. In the early 80s, what song were you playing? Like, what would be an example of, like, a, a crowd-pleasing? So, in the beginning, I guess I, I, was, I broke, well, me and some others broke, in this country, a group called Human League. You may remember them. Yes, Don't You Want Me Baby was a great hit. Uh, well, it was the first American hit, went to number one, of course. Uh, and then they had a Keep Feeling Fascination. Did you remix that? That was much later, dear. <laughs> <laughs> don't You Want Me Baby was they a great song. a fabulous album, of which, if you don't have it, you should look for it, because they did the actual album, and then they did the dub version of the album produced by Martin Russian. Both albums are flawless, and I can't think of the name of the album. <laughs> Aji, do you know the, this group? I think it was just called Human League. It might have been. It, yeah, The Human League album? Wasn't it just called Human League? Probably. It could have been, yeah. Let, let's have a, let's reminisce for one second, folks. <laughs> Somebody will phone in, I'm Well, that's a hook if ever there was one. Um, right. That synth, driving synth and, and bass and beat. I, lo I love that kind of stuff, too. Um, now, this I read that you were DJing in Houston at a place called Mark's Houston. Well, I, I did, but my main... <laughs> that was very briefly. The main one was Richard, which was the, the largest gay club in Houston, um, and I was there for, apart from a short break, 19 years. <laughs> oh, I think that's what I meant. I'm so sorry. Richard Houston. Yeah. We now, also owned a bar called Mark's. <laughs> so I said, yes. It was like, oh, no, it wasn't Mark's. It was Ralph's. I beg your pardon. <laughs> it was Ralph. I knew it was some man's name. <laughs> now, who is, who was, uh, or who is uh, Rich and Mark? Rich's, Rich's was named after the building, which was the Rich's Fang Company. And we also opened one in San Diego, which I played the opening of. And then we opened, well, we also opened one in Austin, but it was called Halls in Austin because it was named after their building. Halls? Halls. H-A-L-L-S. I know it's the British. Oh, Halls. Howls. Isn't that what y'all say? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, we don't say Howls. That's more of a Texas accent. Yeah. He lives in, yeah. Howls. 
poor poor JD. He has to. He's from uh, Great Britain, but he has, so he's bringing that a, a dialect, and then he has to learn like the uh, drawl. The drawl. <laughs> I love it. And all those facial words like y'all, <laughs> y'all, and drawl. So we've gotten some questions in from uh, people. Want to know? One question is uh, here from San Francisco. Um, Eli wants to know what are the names of your dogs. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, I have Bella, who is eight months old, and I have Patra, who is three months old. They are both Rottweiler pups. Oh, and they are amazing, incredible, and destructive. <laughs> but they are so loving and adorable. And I also have a, an elderly Chow who is sixteen. Oh. Now, what will these Rottweiler pups tip the scales at? Um, I think Bella is about 65 pounds. Um, Patra was 30 pounds two weeks ago, so she's probably 45 pounds now. Wow. <laughs> Growing fast. Those are some big children. Definitely. I love big children. <laughs> How do you find the time to uh, uh, to DJ at the Eagle and also uh, really keep turning out mix after mix? Um. I'm also a massage therapist, too, although I've really cut back on that. Um, it is a, just a matter of time management, I think. Mm -hmm. And I'm very fortunate in that no matter what time I go to bed, so it doesn't matter what time I finish at the club, I'm usually awake about 7.15. So I get up and I have a full day. I'm very energetic, and I love life. What can I say? That is fantastic. <laughs> and I might probably be busy than doing nothing. And, I have my downtime, yeah. and I have a swimming pool in the garden, so I can go swimming when I need a break. Although not this time of year, it's too cold. Yeah, when Even is when does uh, Houston has kind of a chilly winter, right? Not as bad as the yeah, northeast. Yeah, can do it. It, it. it was. I think we hit eighty degrees today, which is the first time this year, which is warm for this time. Of year. Well, at least it didn't snow like it did here. No, you had snow. In well, had snow yesterday. <laughs> We did. Fudge may be exaggerating a bit. Uh, well, there was hail in my neighborhood. It was freezing. <laughs> I Let's just say that. In the oh, tenderloin, it was crystal meth. For San Francisco, <laughs> it was free. Right. The hail hit the sidewalk, and everybody, all the meth heads, just started snorting the sidewalk. <laughs> Their tongues got stuck to the sidewalk. They were rolling for, around. For I did see someone minutes. with a bucket over his head the other day when I drove by Trying a to particular collect it. area. You know, if you're tripping on, on crystal, it might actually look like a hit, then you might be grabbing for it. I mean, I've seen folks grabbing for <laughs> the weirdest things on the sidewalk. Lighters. Like in the cracks and crevices like picking around in like there. Like if you tie a lighter to a fishing pole wire, you could get somebody to chase it for blocks. Especially if it's like a glittery one. Just so, oh you know, so they could light their rocks up. We're getting carried away, aren't we? Let's well, we're getting off, off the subject, but, yeah. you know, you have to have some little tangent That's right. distractions. So I'm I'm wondering, JD, uh, but uh, you and Mark are, are partners. So what aspect of a remix do you do? We both work on the artistic side, but Mark is most definitely the business person. I don't touch the business side, and I don't want to. <laughs> ah, yes. I will um, get some of the remixes because we both have some great contacts. You know, when you've been a DJ as long as I have, you get to know some people. <laughs> <laughs> And I was a Billboard reporter for like 20-odd years. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. 
What you, uh, when did you stop being a Billboard reporter and why? When I thought I was retiring. Uh. <laughs> but I got dragged back into it and I love it. <laughs> awesome. Don't ever retire. Oh, I won't now. This is it until <laughs> the day I drop dead. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about one of uh, the artists you're working with now as a remixer. Uh, is a huge artist, uh, Ariana Grande. Tell us a little bit oh about... Oh, she's amazing. She is so hot at the moment. Just churning out hit after hit after hit. And I, I have to say that I so enjoy working on Seven Rings. It's, um, for me, it's the best thing that we've done with her. And she is just spectacular. We're talking about the the track Seven Rings, of course, which yes. is the new yes. new song out now. Um, how did that project fall on your lap? Did uh, the company, uh, the uh, label, contact you? Uh, promoter, I believe, but that's Mark's side of the business. <laughs> oh, so he'll he'll just like email or call you and say, "Hey, I got to, I got a new project for us." <laughs> yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> Let's do it. You have six hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so tell tell me uh, tell uh, Fudge and I know our listening audience a little bit about what you um, what you know how it came to be. What what did you think about putting into this project and and uh, how did you get started? What were you thinking? What was your motivation? That it needed, if I'm totally honest, the motivation behind Seven Rings was maybe I should admit it, but go and look at the Volvo ad on TV. Okay. Volvo Have you ad? seen it? When uh, raindrops, they do a version of it on the Volvo ad. Okay. Uh, I think Volvo should give me a free Volvo for plugging them. Yeah. But the version they used, I loved. And I thought, maybe we could just take what they started with that slower version and expand on that thought. In other words, make, take it in a progressive, edgy direction, which is what we did. And um, how many mixes did you do? I see one here called the Dirty Disco Main Room remix. Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> the others are edits, and I don't even think we did a double on that yet. We may have to, but... Well, how awesome is that? So we'll, we'll give the uh, our listening audience a, a sample of this on the, um, on the way out of this interview. Um, but you had a question for JD? Well, no, I actually was <laughs> trying to remember what Volvo ad he was referring to. <laughs> and I really haven't the seen any Volvo one. ads recently. I saw one where I just keep thinking of that actor that's very moody and dark that's in driving the car all the time after the party, after playing pool. What's that guy's name? Well, they're playing the song for Mary Poppins. You know, you know that's what I'm talking about, right? Not really. I mean, everything for me is just like all these visuals just combining into this kaleidoscope. I really can't. I haven't I, seen the new Mary Poppins, like but do. I've seen the original <laughs> Mary Poppins. I, I may have beginnings ill time as I really can't focus on what you're talking about. No. So what song? What song would that be? Raindrops. Raindrops. Oh, raindrops. Mary Poppins. Have you seen the new Mary Poppins no, yet? No, that's okay. what I just said. I haven't seen the new one. I've well, only it's a, seen the original. Well, it's a, it's a movie date, okay? Like Let's go. I haven't seen it either. 50 years ago, whenever yeah. it was originally released, <laughs> that's when I saw it. Right. Well, you know, you're English, so of course you're going to be first in line to see. I have Mary Poppins. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know. I still have my umbrella. <laughs> Are you also a Winnie the Pooh fan? <laughs> 
Oh, yes, because Winnie the Pooh, Pooh Sticks originated in a village I used to work in. <laughs> so, what about Paddington Bear? I, <laughs> I can't even remember the name of the writer, but they were written in that village. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, I just saw some, some movie on on cable about Winnie the, the writer uh, famous guy right um, it's, it's a fabulous movie yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah. Like and then what's it called goodbye Christopher Robinson or something like that Robin Robin Christopher Robin yeah well made Robin, Robinson is a different family <laughs> that's another that's a Disney movie or something that's another fairy tale. lost in space yeah right that's our default to go to if ever we get confused we'll talk about Lost in Space no the Robinson family was on Lost in Space oh okay that was the oh, name that's of right. the family I was thinking of the Swiss family Robinson you know that oh my well, god yes, this is also confusing <laughs> <laughs> so um, to wrap things up JD to, if you want if, uh, for our listening audience what song should we be downloading from your output right now besides the Seven Rings by Ariana Grande well, if you didn't get it, because I love what we did with it, um, and it's already been number one on the uh, Billboard Club chart, but Sweet But Psycho. Okay. I was inspired by the movie Psycho, and if you really listen to it, you'll hear some Psycho sound effects in it. Oh, that's hot. I love that. <laughs> Sweet But Psycho, the Dirty Disco Main Room remix, uh, and that's... Um, that's uh, by Ava. Ava Max. Ava Max. Ava Max right? mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the, a lot of these songs on uh, digital distribution sites like iTunes. Yes. So folks, they don't carry out. Don't tell me that. <laughs> folks, go to iTunes and support. Yes, they your, should all be available. Yeah, yeah, your local artist, or you can sample them on uh, Dirty Disco's uh, pages, SoundCloud page, yes, for SoundCloud, example. Um, and, and and I would say to be on the lookout, we have a bunch of our own uh, music coming out this year. Um, and I'm not sure of the sequence, but I think our first one will be the classic, um, which we re-recorded with Brenda Reed in hmm. the name of love. Oh, which great. to me always brings me to tears. Sharon Red did the original and is such an emotional record. To me, it always reminds me of the AIDS crisis and all my friends that used to be on the dance floor that over the years died and whenever I play it I have to literally turn away from the people because I won't be in tears but now we've re-recorded it and we're going to I've done the classic we've done the classic original mix we've had Matt Consola from Swishcraft Records has done a fabulous 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 remix of it which is updated. And we plan on doing um, like a real disco house mix, very filth of disco, and at least two or three other mixes, including, you know, we have to do a tribal edgy mix too. But yes, I, I look forward to that. And um, we have a couple of other things. We found uh, another local artist we're gonna work with, mm-hmm. um, which I believe She's in the studio around about now recording the vocals. And what's her name? I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned, folks, for new Dirty Disco music. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, she's amazing because she not only um, speaks and writes uh, Spanish, but she sings in English and Spanish. And so I think we can use her quite a bit, especially here in Texas. 
Well, one thing I will say about the Dirty Disco brand, you can always rely on a solid... Uh, solid source of music that's going to inspire folks to the dance floor worldwide ladies and gentlemen check out dirty disco uh on itunes and distribution sites and on their web uh, web page and soundcloud we have been speaking to jd arnold one half of dirty disco and a legend in his own right a dj at many venues right now resident dj saturdays at the ego folks if you're going to houston check out the eagle on saturday what time should folks get to the eagle oh i start at nine be there at nine (laughs) (laughs) it's been a pleasure talking to you let's make this the beginning of uh a relationship here at house of pride radio um jd it's been a pleasure i would love that and thank you so much for having me you're welcome we're going to go out now with you you and mark's fabulous remix of seven rings ariana grande what do you think of that fudgy sounds fantastic (laughs) here we go and folks don't go anywhere because we're going to be speaking to uh, a san francisco talent kat robishaw and she's going to tell us all about her new show fudgy Great. And then after that, we'll be talking to one of the original Supremes, not one of the original, but one of the former Supremes, uh, Suze Green. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. Here it is. Seven Wing Rings. Ariana Grande, Dirty Disco, Main Room Remix. Gentlemen, you're listening to the House of Pride show. What a great interview with uh, J.D. Arnold. Uh, my co-host today is... Uh, Hello. Yes. Hello, it's me, Fudgy. Hello. I am your host, Tweaker Turner. Hello. It's a pleasure to have you back. I wish you could come every week. Well, 
Maybe that can be arranged. Maybe. Well, we, we just have to keep on rolling along. God, it's a full show tonight. We have somebody on our uh, on line. Do you want to introduce uh, her for us? No. Okay. Um, I hope she's still there, and I hope I didn't disconnect her. Uh, the one and only uh, local San Francisco talent, uh, Kat Robichon. Are you with us? Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm in rehearsals right now for our new show, Lost in Z-Space. Thank you for taking a couple minutes to tell us about your new fabulous show. Go ahead. Uh, it is a sci-fi comedy musical variety show. Um, like every Misfit Cabaret, we have drag, burlesque, live music, aerials, musical guests, puppets, the works. Um, we have Carney Asada that's going to be doing a brand new Alien uh, Ripley number. And she's working alongside Dave Hasbrook from Shadow Circus Creature Theater. Uh, and he created an amazing um, uh, chestburster puppet that's got a New York accent. <laughs> a chestburster? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, from Alien, the thing that like bursts through the guy's chest. Oh, okay. That's oh, what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see how that's interpreted on stage. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we're just, you know, referencing a ton of pop culture sci-fi moments we've got a lot of doctor who star wars star trek the fifth element we've got some barbarella um aerials where uh she's going to be performing the opening number from the movie uh suspended in air and stripping wow hot that's gonna be fun (laughs) my where did you already tell us what venue you're performing at it's at z space in the mission it's actually um Right off of uh, Bryant and uh-huh. 17th. Uh, that's the area that we're in, uh, right around the corner from Tartine. Um, so it always smells amazing over here. It smells like fresh, fresh baked bread. Um, but it's a beautiful mm-hmm. space. It's really cool. Uh, we lost the Great Star um, almost a year ago. And since then, we've had a residency at Z-Space. Now, you're the producer of the Misfit Cabaret, is that correct? And the star. Yeah. Uh, I co-produce with uh, my partner, Jordan Nathan. Awesome. And you've, you've put on quite, um, it's been a really successful year for you guys. I, I, uh, yeah. I see a lot of people coming to the show. You have great themes, uh, a lot to offer the audience. What, what uh, should the audience expect from Lost in Z space? Uh, I mean, if you're, if you're a geek, if you're a nerd, if you really love sci-fi, um, Base kind of stuff, adventure stuff, that's what we're doing. I mean, if you're a Star Wars fan, Star Trek fan, Doctor Who, Fifth Element, um, we've even got ALF, and we're paying <laughs> a special tribute to David Bowie, who, as everyone knows, is really an alien and just went back to his home planet. Yes, full circle. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is awesome. What a great theme. Um, and when uh, the show opens tomorrow, is that correct? It does, yeah. It runs from February 7th to the 16th. So we're doing six dates from now until next Saturday. Fabulous. Now, how do folks get tickets to come in? Can they show up at the door, or should you do you recommend they purchase it online? Well, Thursday and Friday, you can probably get tickets at the door, but I would say definitely buy your tickets in advance for Saturday. We always sell out. Um, we may come close to selling out these Fridays, too. Ticket sales are looking really good. So um, there may be tickets to the door, but I would always advise people to buy them in advance. And they can get their tickets at uh, either zspace.org or um, kr, Misfit Cabaret, 
Cats.com. Hmm. Awesome. Have you been to one of Cats' uh, shows? No, I have not had the pleasure, but this one sounds absolutely fascinating. It sure does. I have actually, I have Carney Asada with me right now. Oh. Carney, I'm talking to House of Pride Radio. Do you want to say a little something? She's going to say no, but to give her the phone anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Here, Carney, talk is to them for a second. Is she shy? Yes. Hello? Carney Asada. Welcome. Hi, Tika. What's going on, girl? I know we've got you in rehearsal, so we don't want to take a lot of your time, but quickly tell us about what you put into your character for Lost in Z-Space. Oh, my goodness. What didn't I put into the characters for Lost in Z-Space? You guys are going to have to come and check it out. There's a lot of things <laughs> happening. There are things coming out of things, coming out of things, coming out of things, with a little glitter on top. So come on down. We're, we're going to you know, do all the things. I can't even tell you. Like, it's so top secret. <laughs> I'm going to speculate it's a glam explosion. <laughs> A glam explosion. Yeah, that's actually a pretty accurate description. Bring umbrellas, folks. You gotta get those tickets. Yeah, come, come all, come, come, come multiple times. Bring handy. That's wipes. actually my title of my book. Oh, <laughs> uh, fabulous, folks! So the, uh, again, the show starts tomorrow. You can get tickets online um, at the website. Uh, can can someone repeat the website again? Sure. The website is krmisfitcabaret.com. That's easy. Misfitscabaret.com or zspace.com. Yeah, zspace.org. I believe it's an org. It's an org. It sounds like okay, zspace.org. Now, if folks uh, if folks mention House of Pride Radio at the door, uh, do they get a special gift from Carney? <laughs> sure. Like a lap Carney. dance or. <laughs> You get a chicken burrito, folks. You heard it right here. A chicken burrito. A burrito. If you mention House of Pride Radio. And yes. <laughs> burrito and yes. A photo of one. <laughs> He's making a very lewd gesture. <laughs> yes, that's her chicken burrito. I heard it's quite big. <laughs> they don't call you carny for nothing. Nope. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. Now, we don't want to take you from your train of thought. Uh, the show is tomorrow afternoon. Oh, fudge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, break, a, break a heel, ladies, and uh, best of luck. And again, folks, go and support your local artist. The Misfit Cabaret Lost in Z Space opens tomorrow, a six-night run. Get your tickets and go see the show. Thank you so much, Kat. I'm buying tickets now. Thank you for having me on, Tika. Bye. You're, bye. <laughs> That was fun. Yeah, that was good. Well, we're just going to keep the show going, Fudge. Now, I think you'll be into our next guests. Are we not having a musical interlude? We're just going. We, we will. Oh, we will. Good. We will. But I have to, you know, I have to call and make sure things work. But uh, I, let's segue into it a little bit. Um, I, I think you'll enjoy our next guest because the last time you were here, we interviewed uh, Sherry Payne, Frida Payne's sister, of course, uh, one of the uh, members of the Supremes in the in the middle to late seventies. She fronted the Supremes with Mary Wilson. Yes, and when Miss Ross bailed. Right. Um, jumped ship. And that was a fabulous interview. And you mentioned that you had actually seen the original lineup. Where was that again? It was at the Steel Pier in Atlantic City when I was a mere child. It, it was in the 60s. I think it was 64. Let's just say it was. God, it, that was the year Where Did Our Love Go came out. That was their first number one. It was when they were just up and coming. Yeah. And they were just playing everywhere. And we were just on vacation 
in Atlantic City because I grew up on the East Coast. So they just were the guests. And it was before they went super huge. So it was a good time. Yes. And did you... Were you impressed by... Of course. Yeah. I mean, I was very young, but I just thought it was fantastic because their music was all on, you know, it was on the top 40s. It was played constantly on the radio. And you it remained was, a fan? It was the first concert I ever saw live. So, yeah, it was incredible. Awesome. Uh, I never saw them in concert, but I was, of course, a, a huge Motown fan, and they were the the goose that laid the golden egg, as they say in the Motown family. Uh, one of them, one of the gooses. Geese, one of, yes. One of the geese. Get, get my wording correct. Um, and here we are today on House of Pride Radio, interviewing yet another mem- former member of the Supreme Group, the one and only Suze Green. Now, she lives in L.A. We're going to give her a call and see what she's up to because they've got, uh, they still perform as a group and they've got a new song out. We're going to premiere it here on House of Pride Radio. But before we do that, let's take a trip back down to memory lane to the mid-latest 70s when um, you can hear Suze's voice beautifully displayed on this critically acclaimed tract entitled High Energy. Let's do it. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Suze Green.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the House of Pride show, listening to the fabulous high energy from the Supremes in the mid to late 70s. Right now, we have one of the former Supremes live on our telephone here. I can't believe it, Fudgy. It's the one and only Suze Green. Can you hear us? Hello, I can hear you. Yay! Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. Um, how are you? I'm fine, and thank you for inviting me. It's so nice of you. And I'm doing great. Good. We, I heard it was cold down in L.A. It is. It's, it's kind of chilly today. And, um, I mean, it's nice to have a change. You know, we usually get, this time of year, we usually go to the beach still. Yes. Yes, but not when it's almost snowing. No. <laughs> no, indeed. But um, I love it. You know, I grew up in New York, so I like a, a change of seasons, and it keeps it interesting. Keeps it, keeps it crisp. Now, what part of New York are you from, Suze? From Long Island. I grew up in Queens, in St. Albans. Fabulous. I am a Long Island... Queen. Boy, Queen. Yeah, but from Suffolk County, way out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's much further. Where where I grew up, there was a, uh, let's see, there was a military hospital, the St. Albans Hospital. So it's quite a well-known place. Fabulous. Um, while we're on the subject of where you grew up, tell us about how you got into um, performing arts and music. Was that something that was always in your blood? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I'm told I sang in the crib, you know, but uh, beyond that, I did baby food commercials. That was my beginning. And then as I got a bit older, around 12, 11 or 12, I started doing other commercials, bread and, you know, older com- uh, that a, an older child could do. But I've always been an entertainer, basically. I, uh, my mother was my coach. And then, of course, I went to the High School of Performing Arts ah, and majored in that drama. Is, that's hot. And then, did you? Was there a uh, particular instant where you said, "Oh, I'm, this is like a, one of my big breaks"? Right while you were after you graduated or during school, what, what, tell us a little bit about your one of your big breaks. Well, I got my first agent, I think, at thirteen, something like that. So I think that really my, my first big break was during the summers while I was going to performing arts, I would go up in the Catskill Mountains and we would play, we'd go around that mountain, you know, and you'd do three or four gigs a night and it was hard work. But that was really my my big break, I think, where I I felt like, you know, this might be what I would do for the rest of my life. Awesome. Um, and was there a particular genre of music that you were attracted to the most, or not particularly? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. I I started with classical music, and I branched into some parts of opera, and then, of course, I have a jazz background, and I like pop music. I sing all kinds of music, and I refuse to be limited. You know, it's a very individual thing, what you sing. And I was taught by Ray Charles that you you sing what you love, you know. So if there's a genre that I am particularly fond of, I will sing it. And I don't have any qualms about that. 
Good. Awesome. And your voice is just, um, you're, you're a high soprano, is that correct? Yes. A color tourist soprano. <laughs> yes. So I have a five octave range. Whoa. <laughs> yes, whoa indeed. Oh, by the way, I, um, I'm Tweaker, as you know, but I want to introduce you to my co-host today, the one and only Fudgy Frittage. Hello there. Hi, Fudgy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm glad. I did recognize there were two of you, so it's nice to, it's really nice to talk to you guys today. I love San Francisco. Are you both there? Yes, we're right here in the heart of San Francisco in the mission at the radio station. Uh, yeah. We want to get into your new music and, and how that came to be and all of that. Um, I just uh, was interested in knowing where you came from because I, ne- I never really knew. Uh, yes. And uh, and the fact that you're from New York, uh, of course, that Says it all. endears to my heart, <laughs> being it a New does. Yorker. Yeah, uh, it does, doesn't it? I, when I was growing up, Barbara Streisand was my, my hero and Tony Bennett and Johnny Mathis. So I would have to say that they really influenced me more than any other artist. At what point, um, where, when did you start becoming a full-time professional in, in uh, entertainment? Well, I think when I, after I got out of high school, you know, I, I came to California and I signed with Mickey Stevenson, who was the first A&R man from Motown. I signed with his company and... Um, the rest of it, you know, I mean, from then on, I was constantly working, and I, it's my passion, you know, aside from the other creative things that I do, so it's not something that that I could retire from, you know, I, I, I keep going, because there's always something new that interests me. That's good to hear. That's ins- inspirational, actually. I love that. I love artists that continue to grow and expand their range and, and give us, you know, uh, their talent. It's fabulous. Um, the new song is called Unconditional Love. We're going to play it here on House of Pride Radio in just a moment. First, I, I hope you don't mind. Um, we got a question earlier. Uh, somebody listening to us wanted to know which Supreme you met first. There's so many. Did I meet first Mary? I met Mary, first of all, (laughs) when I was singing with Ray Charles. um, We were at the Carter Baron, which is an open amphitheater in Washington, D.C., and the Supremes opened the show. Gene Terrell, it was one of Gene's first big gigs with the group, and they were, I was just so excited, of course, to get to stand backstage and see them. And I remember... There, there was a very large room that was where you, you know, like a meet and greet room, and it had a very tiny um, dressing room area. So Ray was kind enough to trade his room with them so that they could have a big dressing room. And uh, it, it was just marvelous to stand backstage, you know, and, and get to see them. They had on velvet pink and yellow and gold, velvet with lots of ruffles and they were absolutely supreme <laughs> <laughs> and then how long before you were invited to become a member of the, the supremes well i'm trying to think of a date you know i'm not really sure when that what year that was but it had to have been say between uh, the late 60s and the very early 70s so i joined the group i believe in 73 um, I was with Wonder Love with Stevie Wonder's group, 
and having a ball with them. And my, my mother actually spoke to Bob Jones, who was the head of publicity at Motown at the time, and who went, went on to do publicity exclusively for Michael Jackson. So when she asked, he told her actually that Cindy Bird's song was leaving, and I joined the group very soon after that. Oh, fabulous. So you went from Stevie Wonder's Wonder Love to the Supremes. What a, what a nice uh, move. Uh, well, it was. And it's an interesting thing, though. You know, there was a lot more freedom, I think, with Wonder Love, of course, because Steve had had a terrible accident. He had been in an accident and wasn't traveling a lot in the beginning. And then, of course, he began to travel more. But we rehearsed six days a week. And with the greatest, that was the greatest band in the world. We wrote so many songs during that period. Free, which was Denise's first million seller, I wrote with her and Nate Watts and Hank Red during that time, hmm. as well as I Can't Help It came along. So when I came into the Supremes, Free was number one in England. And I was told that I was going to write and produce for the group then. But of course, things didn't go that way. So, you know, say la vie. Yes, uh, well, the Motown stories. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who did do that? that? Was that um, from the Motown house, the writers and producers? Yes, of course. Harold Beatty, along with the Hollands, with Eddie with Eddie Holland and his brother, and and we did High Energy and Mary Sherry's Say. And then, of course, when, after Mary left, we, Sherry and I did Partners. And we were actually going to get together with Sarita Wright as the third member. Mm. Um, but, of course, With You, I'm Born Again became such an enormous worldwide Oh, my hit. God. That song yeah. is such a classic. It's perfection I from know. the beginning to the end. Sure. It was a terrific, a terrific song. And what an opportunity for her and Billy Preston, who, mm -hmm. who was a dear friend of mine. And um, I can remember we went to meet Barry and Sarita and Sherry and I, and we were going to be become a group called the Supergroup. Where we all had leads and wrote songs and, you know, did the whole thing, producing and all of that. But that fell apart because of, of With You, I'm Born Again. And, you know, you can't fight that kind of success. It was such a tremendous hit and such a fantastic song. So there was no point in her being in a group at that point, you know? That makes so a lot decided, of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we went ahead and, and recorded the Partners album. And I'm so glad. You know, it's getting, it's coming out again very soon. Oh, awesome. So at, at that point, was there a third member at that late stage? No. no. Okay. No, there wasn't. But we were very glad to get the opportunity to do that album the way that we did. We had been writing and arranging songs. And then, of course, because we, you know, we didn't have a third member, we decided, along with Gene McDaniels, I asked Gene to, to join in. Actually, we had spoken to Greg Fillinganes, you know, who was Michael Jackson's band leader and such a fantastic keyboard player and arranger and producer in his own right, who had been in Wonder Love with me. So I, I asked him first, and he had, we had scheduling conflicts, and then Gene McDaniels, 
stepped in, and he became the executive producer along with with Suzanne DePass, and Sherry and I produced the songs. We we went in, we played keyboards, and we worked with the arrangers, and worked on our, you know, what the the music, the tracks were actually going to be, and decided which musicians, and all of that sort of thing. And um, it was, it, it, it has become, I think, a, a great sort of underground favorite, you know, but it, for the times, you know, we were smack in the middle of disco at that time. So for two women to be able to work together to that extent and produce and arrange and sing, perform and write, and and for the songs to be, I'd say, ahead of their time, you know, type of songs, they're still danceable and they were such lush, lush arrangements. It was a fantastic experiment in music. And um, you know who Chuck D is? Chuck D, of course, mm-hmm. um, was a DJ at the time. But he spoke to me and told me what an impact that album had had in New York and and in the industry generally because, you know, it, it just hadn't been done anything like that. Sherry, of course, you know, her songs were so danceable and and so, what's the word, you know, accessible. And my my songs on that album were a bit more avant-garde, but I was able to do that because the songs that Sherry and I did together were so straight-ahead commercial, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so well-written. So I'm very, very proud of that project. Now, is it available for purchase and digital download? Say it again. Say that again. Uh, is, is Are these songs available for purchase on oh, iTunes? of course. Ah. Yes, you only have to look around, <laughs> and they're there online, everywhere. And of course, I have my my own company now, Dollface Records, and that's what Unconditional Love is on. Yes, well, let's. Uh, I think this is a good segue into uh, listening a little bit to the new song. Um, tell us about the the current lineup of of the uh, of the ladies. Gladly. <laughs> When Mary left, when Mary came to us and told us that she was going to go solo, we started looking for another girl, and we spoke to a lot of people. We listened to a lot of beautiful, really talented young ladies. Latoya Jackson actually considered it. She wanted to do it. Oh, cool. But her, her father wouldn't wouldn't let her because the, the Motown Association, mm-hmm. you know, they had all gone from Motown at that time. Mm. But we... Finally, Sherry suggested that we find Joyce Vincent, who was a dear friend of hers since high school, literally. They did a lot of sessions in Detroit and at Invictus Records, at Motown and the like. And Joyce, of course, had been one half of Dawn with Tony Orlando and Dawn. So we met, and the Supreme's name was licensed to us. And we met with Lee Young, who was the attorney in charge of all of that. Uh, we sat, sat down, and we had new contracts, and we were able to use the Supreme's name. And then Mary asked if she could come back into the group. And we had no, absolutely, you know, no objections to that, because we we love Mary. I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, the fans say She's a lot lovable. of things. But, but <laughs> among us... We we would step out on that stage, you know, Mary and I hung out quite a lot, you know, she's a terrific woman, and talented, and such an ace performer, 
you know, she really is. Mm-hmm. It's yes. her life. And I'm so proud of the way that she has continued, you know. But at any rate, she asked if she could come back into the group, and we were willing to do that. But we wanted a different manager. You know, her husband was a manager, and it just, you know, it was it wasn't a situation that was going smoothly. <laughs> Let's just say that, not to put you know any great blame anywhere. But oh no, no, but you know, t- totally understandable. Yeah, exactly. So that didn't come together, and oh. I believe that Mary and Diane went to. At least this is what I was told. You know, I didn't see it happen. I wasn't there. But I was told that they didn't want the group to consider, to continue, rather, without an original member. And I understand that, you know. I perfectly do. I'm a person who's been in show business since I was 18 months old, you know. So I know the ins and the outs, and I know that stuff happens. And I also know that what's for you is for you. So that fell apart, and that's why we went ahead together, just the two of us. But if you can understand synchronicities and that faith has a, 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 a turn, shall we say, destiny takes a turn, 40 years later, almost to the day, Sherry called me and asked if I would join her and Joyce and go on as the former ladies. So that's what we're doing. And I had no, I had no hesitation. It felt right. And I'm so glad that I did that because the three of us are having a ball. We really are. We sing well together, and there's such a tremendous respect and love between us. And one of the funny things that happens when we rehearse, and we rehearse a lot, but when we rehearse, Shoshana, who is Sherry's daughter, will come and say to us, Ladies, you've been in there an hour. I haven't heard any music. Because we're in there just laughing, you know, and just the breeze. <laughs> but we do. We have a wonderful time together, and we yes. we're traveling the world, and it's just it's a dream, you know. It is. It's a dream come it, true. It's fabulous so, to um to um you know experience your longevity in as a group. Probably one of the longest spans of any group i mean labelle is you know our friends and they, and they sure. you know are still like uh, together and friends and all that they're not, not yeah. performing as a group right now but that kind of longevity inspires a lot of people and i i you guys are are in a lot of demand right now aren't you Oh, and it's so fun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see uh, you posting uh, music videos of your stage performances. Have you been uh, in the UK recently as well? Yes, we were. We were in the UK last year before Christmas. We had such a terrific time. It was freezing. Speaking of freezing, it was really <laughs> cold. And I'm, hey, I grew up in New York, but I'm a Cali girl now, you know. <laughs> I'm not ready for the cold. But we, we did it. We had a tremendous turnout. And we were able to see so many people that we haven't seen in years. And to find that they're still there, still supporting, still loving us. And, you know, there's a whole new generation of Supremes fans. So Amazing. Even though we're, we were Supremes, and we're doing, I think the reason we've gone in this direction is because Sherry and Joyce and I recognize that we have a wonderful sound together. You know, it's warm, and it's very, 
personable. You know, it's it's our personalities together that blend very nicely. And there's, you know, there's total respect. That's what it's all about, really. Total respect. And Abs- that's for inspiring absolutely. people, mm-hmm. you know. Yes, ma'am. Now, <laughs> Unconditional that. Love, is this uh, the first track from an album that's coming out? Yes. Yes, we are working on lots of tracks right now. And um, I'm very excited about it. We all are, you know. Uh, I wrote this song with Jeffrey Chan, who's in San Francisco. He uh, is a an amazing keyboard player and arranger and writer, and he brought me this track and asked if I would write to it. And of course, it just came, you know, it's that kind of song, which is rare, you know, for it, just the whole song to come together very quickly. But I knew when I heard it, because I had recorded this song for myself, you know, but I knew when I listened to it, and I got back with Sherry and Joyce, and I thought, you know, this would be a perfect song for us to touch, you know, put our foot in the water, so to speak. And it's having a, a wonderful response. You know, people seem to, because everybody's been in love, you know, come on. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, that's the good stuff. Have you been in love, Fudge? Have a few I? times. A few times, all right. <laughs> well, let's have a listen. Uh, Sherry, uh, Suze, don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to uh, play a bit of Unconditional Love that you wrote. Congratulations. Here goes Unconditional Love. Ladies and gentlemen, that's called Unconditional Love, and um, that's available on iTunes. I just downloaded it myself. You should go down to uh, go on to iTunes and download a copy. Support Suze and the uh, Sherry and um, uh, Joyce. Joyce. The new lineup of the former Supremes, Supreme Divas in the house. Uh, <laughs> very sensual song. Thank you. You're, I like that. Now, are you, are you singing lead on this? Yes. That would explain why you're in the middle. Uh, now, will you girls be like, you know, you know, trying to jockey for the the lead during on the next tracks? Like, how's that going to work out? <laughs> well, well, if you come to our show, 
you will see that we we spread it around pretty pretty evenly. You know, we each do leads because we're lead singers, and we we don't really jockey for position because we we already know. You know, we've worked out what we love to do, and the respect thing comes into it very very much. You know, we're all professionals. We have tremendous experience in this business, and we know, you know, we know what to do. We know what what we love, and we know what to do. So we show up, and we will we will pass the leads around. You know, this one, I think we did because it just fit. It just fit our personalities, and the ladies love it. It's them singing in the middle of the song. Sherry sings first, and then Joyce after that. And you know, it's it's a kind of song that's wonderful to sing. It's a good groove. You can dance with your baby to it, or you can just chill, or you can just clean the house, or do whatever you want to do. You know, I'm <laughs> myself it. when I'm singing it. <laughs> yes. You know, just like everybody else, riding in the car, the top down. You know, with the sun shining, the hair blowing in the wind, and it's it's just that kind of engaging melody and lyric. So I'm happy with it. I'm happy for you that you got you you now can write and produce the material as well as perform it and record it. Yes. That yes, as an as an artist that's a more that's a, a growing a more of a growth for you guys to be able to express yourself that way. That and it's exciting for for us the fans to Oh, to, I'm so glad. I'm really so glad the support is just tremendous, you know. People around the world whom we have grown with Let's put it that way. And we don't call them fans. It's, they're friends. You know, we, we talk to people that I've seen for 40 years on and off in different places around the world. And, and it's so gratifying, you know, to think that that music just carries on and on and on. And I think as we go forward, we will probably do more songs in this vein than the Supremes songs because it just makes sense. We're developing our own style, and it's, it's great fun. Yes, indeed. Um, when I think of... Uh, do you mind if we uh, talk a little bit about the heyday of disco and when you guys kind of reinvented yourself as these... The Supremes, the Disco Supremes, I want to say. You had had three top tens in a row on the dance chart. In fact, one of your releases was the biggest dance hit of the year on Billboard. And of course, I'm talking about I'm going to let my heart do the walking. Uh, But one of my favorites is this. Check it out, folks. Yes, ma'am. That's you're my driving wheel, uh, top ten hit, and you're you're on that one. I I saw you in the video. <laughs> you did. Yes, you have some great dance moves. <laughs> well, thank you. I've always loved to dance. You know, that's uh, growing up in New York. You know, we we'd go out and we'd go dance. Yes, lock it to the beat, just, Fudgy. What did you say, hon? Sure. 
Oh, do do you like that song? You're my driving wheel. Yes. That that voice was unmistakable. That's what I said. Unmistakable. Yes. And fantastic, but unmistakable. (laughs) Were you um disco thing? You know, if I can just say about disco, I love to dance, and everybody did. That's why disco became so huge. You know, but it's just like any other genre of music. There was some really, truly classic, great songs. And then there were some some wonky songs, <laughs> but you know it's it's all in a day's work. But the Supremes, I think, handled that period very well. I really do. I'm very proud of the music that we did during that time. I think those songs hold up well, and in fact, I think they were um, uh, under recognized. At the, I mean, they were yeah. hits, but they I, I felt like. They're, they are so good now that they should have been crossover hits, not just dance hits. What do you think about sure. that? I think so, too. But, you know, there's a very small kind of thought process to the marketing of any genre of music. It's very narrow in that they tend to go by what worked in the past, and they think that that will work now. And you have to consider we didn't have the web at that time. So it was, you know, it was the old way of doing things. It had to get on the radio and then you had to get out there and, and pump it. You know, you had to get out there and go to the radio stations and, and try to do some gigs and try to do some TV, you know. But things are different now. And whether people like disco, because there's a whole slew of people who hate disco, and then there are loads of people who still love disco. You know, it was dance music. And that is what is the important part, I think, which is why people are still dancing. So regardless of what the, the newer music is, if it's got a, a wonderful beat, people are still going to dance to it. Yes. And uh, it doesn't have to be fast dancing. You can dance slow to unconditional love. Okay. Turn down the lights, <laughs> light a candle, yeah. and fireplace. Um, exactly. Before before we it. let you go, can you tell us uh, about your group's uh, upcoming events? Well, we are at the moment. We're in the studio a lot. We're mm-hmm. rehearsing, and we are going to head out of the country for quite a bit this year. We are going to Germany. We already know we're going back to England. And I'm not going to be specific, you know, we're, we're just, we have finalized most of these dates, but throughout the year we're adding more and more, and we're coming to you wherever you are. You know, we hope to come to San Francisco as well. We really love it, you know, and we're looking for We are ready. <laughs> we're ready right now. We are too. So we're going to Come on over. That. Um, Speaking it into existence. <laughs> but we will, you know, you... you Stay in touch, all of you people who love our music. Please stay in touch. We're online. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. I'm at Susay, at Susay, S-U-S-A-Y-E, on Instagram. I'm Susay Green. On Twitter, I'm at Susay. So you can find me, and I'm on Facebook a couple of times, you know, and lots of different places on Google. And we will let you know what we're coming for you and for everybody else. Oh my God, your energy is infectious. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to ask, what is your, 2019, what is your driving wheel? 
my driving wheel is film as well. And I'm not going to go into it, but I've had some excellent, excellent news today. But we are bringing you Supreme Extreme, and I'm just not going to say anything else. All right. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, like Suze says, follow her, follow the group, uh, support the new music, and and it's it's a dream come true to all of the folks who've loved you for all so many years that you're still going strong. Congratulations. And thank you so much for joining us on House of Pride Radio tonight. I hope it's not the last time. Well, you invite me back and I will, I will gladly come. Thank you for asking and thank you for having me. And, and you two are just delightful. Thank you so much, Suze. We're going to go out one more time with more of unconditional love. Take care, hon. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We can do anything that we want because we know that it's unconditional. live keep you can keep talking though well I'm, what fudgy and i are having a great conversation about punk rock i didn't realize you were into it uh we'll have to do a punk show sometime. yes you you can help me with the guest on that and, oh yes i'd love to do that <laughs> so much i don't know about you it's so fascinating i'm a mystery <laughs> well like let's keep a little private what do you guys in the closet mm, yes ma'am yes sir what uh what you got coming up in terms of uh stage work this year stage work well you know the contest will happen the san francisco dragging contest of course happens eventually yeah. in the summer yeah. and maybe the dong show might come back i hope so this is a great name trying to do that uh maybe at uh wild side i'm not sure oh that would be fun trying to do something like that and mm-hmm. You know, you'll know about it because you'll be Thank DJing. Thank you. Oh, I would love to. It's a great, great concept. I, I, I hope you do bring it back somehow. It I know a it's a lot show. of work, but you know, sometimes the the concept would just breathe life into the the energies that need to come to be. Perhaps the dong will rise again, <laughs> as it does <laughs> repeatedly, up and down. So okay. yeah, other than that, it's just uh, I'm just waiting for the cold weather to 
to subside and the flu season to go away. Go away flu season is a miserable cold evening here in San Francisco for us, although it's colder in many other places, but we're not used to it. That is true. You know. So true. You know, there is still like flowers out there. <laughs> they haven't all frozen and broken off. There so are hummingbirds. It's not that bad. We're just, you know, we it's didn't. We, I forgot to bring a scarf is my main and problem the tonight. At night. It's gotten a little more extreme, but we, you know, we're extreme here, so it's fine with us. Yes. We're fine. Are yes. we going to go out with a big raucous tune well we visited uh houston texas tonight with jd arnold from dirty disco which was fabulous and we went down to la and spoke to the former supreme which i, I mean can't i really have to think about this that was amazing with suze green yes and we're in san francisco so how to how can we end it i mean what city should we go to well we're here so let's go out here no, we're going to go to New York. We're going to go to New York? <laughs> All right, let's go to New York. That's my, one of my favorite cities. Oh, good to hear. Uh, well, we have a correspondent in New York City by the name of Poon Draker, and she submits to us a two-minute pod entitled The Groove Line every week. Uh, and All right. Yeah. So this week, her podcast, is uh, her two-minute groove line is called Wig. I have no idea what it's about, so we, we'll just Hit it. have a listen and uh, let me cue it up. In the meantime, is there anything else that listening audience should know about you? No, not anything <laughs> else. Not uh, one iota. Well, they could ask, if, if anyone has any questions, just shoot them into Tweeka on the Tweeka board. Well, I love you having you, you as a co-host, and I hope uh, we can make this a regular thing. And, uh, of course, plan it better next Never time. Know. Never know. So here we go. Poondrake in New York City, wig. Good evening and welcome to Groove Lines. I'm Poon, this is House of Pride Radio, and we're going to do it to you in your eardrums in a hundred words or less. Most of the time, a hundred words. I recently lost my soulmate unexpectedly, and one of the side effects of grief that no one told me about was major hair loss. I'm not at the point where I need a wig yet, but who knows? If I do, I'll be playing today's song every day. And the poem I wrote to go with it is weird but happy. I hope you enjoy. There is no cause or cure when a human primate loses all of the hair on its scalp and body. But why should there be? Say those bodies belong to the dreamers, the visionaries, shapeshifters tired of the usual boobish viscosity, the full fat mammalian languor. Perhaps they are more alive, more receptive than the hirsute, so heavy with hair blocking their view of the sky. Perhaps hairless bodies should be held in a higher esteem for actualizing the desire to reduce our drag in the water, feel a refreshing sensation, take the slightest layer of resistance off our skin and expose it just like Michael Phelps shaving his legs before winning each of his 23 Olympic gold medals. Thank you, Poon Draker. The company that Groove Line segment is this song. Folks, thank you for joining us on House of Pride Radio. Don't lose your hair, people. Don't lose your hair. And on that note, here is... If you do put on a wig... 
B-52s taking us home. What's that yes. on your head? What's that on your head? Join us next Wednesday for another House of Pride show live from San Francisco. Thank you so much for joining us and good night.
period. Like they have, you know, voluminous robes and large benches and they're like <laughs> making decisions for me, which is great. So that's cool. I don't want to be political, but ah! Hurts so bad. Hey! Yeah, that's, yay! Welcome! Come in and get seats, yay! Jasper has so many friends, like I can't believe it. And he's a comedian, which is nuts. Like I've been a comedian for seven years and I've systematically like just ruined all my friendships. I'm like, oh, you're a real person? I can never deal with hanging out with you again. <laughs> it's just because your timing gets so off and you're up at night. It's weird. Yeah, sit in the chair. Yeah, I know it's scary in the front. It's like you're in the splash zone. It's like, ah, <laughs> uh, okay. yay, hi, welcome. Is everyone here local? Everyone here lives in San Francisco? Yeah. Oh my God, so you're completely like immersed in the weird hygiene issues that we have, right? There's like San Francisco specific hygiene issues. Yeah, I found these pants in a tree in the mission. <laughs> these are tree pants. That's a thing, that's a thing here. Uh, my hygiene question is, if my tree pants don't smell like pee, do I have to wash them before I wear them? Nope. <laughs> nope, I'm wearing these now for like seven days and they smell a little bit like my pee and that's cool. I kinda like the way that smells. That's its own hygiene issue. Uh, secondarily, in Civic Center, we've all been there, the public restrooms, uh, do you leave the toilet seat up or down after you've been slamming heroin? It's more of an etiquette question. I don't know how that works. It's not. Uh, and then number three, I like most San Franciscans, I don't know if you're trying to lower your carbon footprint. I try to lower mine, so if I use this same teepee to wipe my nose and my tushy, can I give my butthole herpes? <laughs> Dermatologist says yes. <laughs> yeah, simplex one and simplex two are the same herpes. It's just location, location, location. <laughs> I don't live in the tenderloin. It's like one of the things about. I do, I live in the tenderloin and I'm a nanny and I hang out with small children and we play this really cool game and I encourage you to play it too. Uh, it's called Man or Beast. And when you see a pile on the ground, you go, man or beast, man or beast. Yeah. And what I've learned, what I've learned from a four-year-old is that if it's up against a wall, it's always man. <laughs> like it's, they understand physics at that age, they're so darling. <laughs> they're like amazing little creatures. Yeah, you guys are all amazing creatures. Put your hands together for yourselves. And at the same time, for me, that is a cheap way for me to get your clapter. And I love it. Thank you guys for being here tonight. I am super excited to host your friend with a real life and actual friends here at Mutiny Radio tonight. I can't wait for you guys to be excited. So this is a weird thing tonight. Uh, this is called a hell hat. Uh, people can use this hat or not. Uh, it is filled with stuff. And if any of you want to write things down on a piece of paper and put it in here, also welcome. Uh, comedians at any time can pull one of these and say, would you ever get married? Again, you know, either way. Uh, my answer to that would be no. Uh, I was married, uh, my ex-husband 
is a lovely African-American dude, but um, not all the stereotypes are correct. <laughs> he had a really small dick. I'm sorry. I love to talk to evil about my ex. It's so fun. You guys didn't laugh at that because you must be in relationships and be healthy people. That's good. That's good for you. You're healthy people. Uh, but so people can, the, the comedians have the option of pulling from this hat and all kinds of things can happen, like your million dollar idea. Like, why would I say that out loud? You're going to take it, right? <laughs> Anybody have, can want to fund me? I make this thing called pasta. It's pot, it's, it's fresh homemade pasta, but it has weed in it. Right? Like, Trader Joe's in the future, right? Like, I can turn it into raviolis. I mean, I can just make fucking fettuccine. It's crazy! It's like, I'm like, I mean, somebody contact me. Um, okay, so this is the hell hat, and people can grab from it if they want, and if they don't, if they just, this is a great audience, and you can just do jokes. So we usually sing this song, and you guys can sing along with me, and if you don't know the song, you'll figure it out, and it'll be fine. Okay. M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse Comedy Clubhouse. Comedy Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high High, high, high <laughs> M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! You're all here, you don't have a choice Yay! Your friend Jasper's here It's so nice to see somebody who has like I just can't even imagine his I mean if someone was gonna throw like a, a like in a birthday party for him like he, there'd be like 150 people there it'd be like a wedding I'm like ah how do you have just a man just never he must be a really really nice guy uh, all right, so no, I'm sure. No, I'm I'm, I'm, like, I'm like super cunty, so I totally understand. I'm sorry. That's a you guys. You guys are like you're like whoa, softballs. <laughs> Stop with the hard-handed. Ah! Okay, let's go. <laughs> I, I know, I just throw that word around like it's no big deal because I live in a bubble of like my own like hyper non-tolerance. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, and, and I don't even have, I have a dumb phone. Like I can't even tweet or twat. My intolerance just stays with me. Like, isn't it? <laughs> Nice, right? I can't even tell everybody about it. Uh, your first comedian of the night, he is like the most amazing. Right? He like works for Greenpeace and saves trees and like doesn't have sex with polar bears and all the things that good people do. Uh, I love him so much and I'm so glad he's here. You guys are going to love him too. Put your hands together for Rolf Scar! Oh! Boy, thank you, Pam. Thank you all for coming out. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. Thank you to the internet for listening along. Well, it's up to me to start this off. The hat, everybody. Have you seen this yet? Strikes fear into many comedians' hearts because you never know what's in there, and we don't know what it's made of. Probably some endangered species, but I'm going to pull and get started here. Audience prize. Pam, are you giving out? Uh, audience prize. There's audience prizes for y'all. This is not a plant. Give it up for weed nuts. Mind if I call you that? No, you're a nice guy. I'm not going to call you weed nuts. There we go. That's off to a, a racing start here. What else we got here? Audience prize. <laughs> you can read it. I'm not making this up. This one also saved an audience prize. 
Who likes nuts? It's separate from the last question. <laughs> Dig a little deeper this time. Wow. All right. One secret to the hell hat is digging a little deeper. All right. Is Jesus real? Well, uh, I think he was real. I just don't think he was what people thought he, he was. Like, I was just thinking the other day, if someone asked me, like, who would you want to go back in time and talk to? I'd be like, Jesus. And then a the person would be like, why are you Christian? I'm like, no, don't be silly. But I want to tell him <laughs> what happens. I want to be like, I'm from the future. <laughs> now put your hammer down. Put your, how old are you? 28? Okay. All right. In like four or five years, get a load of this. <laughs> I just want to know what he would do with that shit. Like, would it, you know, would that change the course of history in monotheism? Probably. I'd be pretty freaked out. I'm like, I don't want people thinking of that about me. Anyway, that was Jesus. Uh, let's see what's going on here. What's the worst thing about the U.S.? Oh, man, what's the worst thing? You know, there's a lot of obvious things that are the worst things these days, but um, I don't want to, hey, come on in. Worst thing about the U.S. is um, uh, we're too big. Like, there's too, we're too big of a landmass, and there's too many people. Like, it makes it impossible. We're tribal by nature, right? And so we need to break ourselves up into little tribes, whether it's, like, neighborhoods that are cooler than the other neighborhoods, or Oakland is cooler than San Francisco, or I like the Philadelphia Eagles, and I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Like, we have to cluster ourselves together in those groups to get to just a function, because that's the way our brains were hardwired a long time ago. And we're just too big. I don't think it's going to work, you guys. We tried to split up at least once before, and it didn't work out so well. So I'm worried about how that's going to play out. And I think a lot of the other problems that we're seeing today are actually just a function of that. We've got to like break down into little villages maybe, you know, and, and maybe put some people on a boat so they can go live in Hawaii or something like that, where there might need some more people or something like that. We've got to restructure. I don't think it's going to work. And that's the biggest problem with the U.S. That is not part of my normal set. Okay. That's why I love Hell Hat. What's up next? Your favorite dog type. Aww. <laughs> My favorite dog type. Well, I like, I like all kinds of dogs. I kind of can't help it. As I, as I get older, I like, I like all dogs. The best dog type, though, I think is like the really big ones who are just super chill. So I think like, you know, a pit bull with, the, I've, I have a good friend with a big pit bull and his head is like so wide. I'm like, how did his doggy mom even give that bitch, I'm, that's right, is that the correct use of it? So how'd that bitch give birth to that dog? Because the head was so big, and then it turns out they actually cut him open these days, a lot of them. But anyway, this is a big pit bull with a big gray head, and it just looks like he could eat a piano. But he was sitting there, and there's this little baby yappy dog that's like a terrier mix. You know the type. And it wasn't well trained, and it's just sitting there biting at him. And I'm like, okay, when's it going to happen? Like, when's he going to actually eat that dog? <laughs> it's going to happen any second now. And he's just, nope. Just chill. And I really respect that. I mean, if we could all channel a little bit of that pit bull. His name is Boogie. If we could try to travel, channel a little bit of Boogie every day, I think we'd all be better off. <laughs> Boogie the pit bull. He's chilling somewhere right now. Okay. Does government make society better? <laughs> Dig how deep these are getting. 
And I do want to ask Pam sometime what the process is for writing these, because I, I was looking up, like, does she cheat with like a random question generator? And I typed in random question generator on my phone just to kind of prep for tonight. And like, oh, I got to talk about random things. And none of those sites are good. They're all bad. Those are, they're all for people who are getting off of their second divorce and are 47 and they don't know how to talk to people. So it's for like going on a second date that's not going to work. So it's like, well, what's your favorite kind of garment? And it's like, that is not a question. That's not a question that you should ask. And it's also not a question that Pam would write. So I do want to, I don't want to, you don't want to give away your tricks, but someday, bam, over, over a, uh, some, some uh, weed nuts, we'll talk about that. Does government make society better? Man, I got this dad who, he, uh, he's, he was libertarian for a while, um, and then he, turned, he thought those guys are a bunch of fucking wimps. And so he turned into an, anarcho, an, anar an anarchist, basically, an anarcho-capitalist. And then he didn't like the way that sounded, because you say capitalist, some people go, boo. And then you say anarchist, and the other people go, boo. And so then no one likes you. So he's like, all right, I'm going to be a voluntarist. But that's even crazier if you think about it. Like, just, you, just, you just volunteer. Like, no one makes anyone do anything. There's no rules anymore. And he's a rich white guy, so it works for him. <laughs> I don't think we should do it. I think, I think some governments do, and then some don't. And does that make sense? No, I, I can't. I can't give out all of them. No, yeah, that's fair. You're so lucky. I got to go play the lotto. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> so I have this girlfriend. Uh, and she has a little relation. And the great thing about my girlfriend is she loves people. But she can't, for some reason, relate to little people. Like, she doesn't know how to interact, really. And so I was hanging out with her nephew. And he was, what, maybe three or something? And we're on the beach. And, I sh and she's like, what do we do? Keep the sand out of his face? And I was like, no, you show him sand. Like, he's never seen sand before. Like, he doesn't understand the way it works. Look, a little bit of wet sand, you can make a ball. Holy shit, that was sand. Now it's a sand ball? His mind was blown. And I'm like, get this. That's not even the best part of it. You can fucking smash it. And it turns back to sand. <laughs> and you know what he said when he saw that? Oh, man. And I made just sand ball after sand ball. Not weed balls or weed nuts. Sand balls after sand ball. And I smashed him, and then he smashed one. And the whole time, he just said, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm teaching life skills is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you guys are like, is there going to be a punchline? <laughs> or is this guy just going to talk like a half-drunk uh, comedian? All that? OK, did you win the science fair? Whole, oh, man, listen. <laughs> science fair, I think I got like a blue ribbon. Right? Because I just worked hard and I wanted to, you know, I like science and I, and I like snakes and I like frogs. Like to this very day, if I go home tonight, I know I should get a good night's sleep and get up early in the morning and work out, but I'm going to watch like a two hour documentary about frogs. That's what I'm going to do. And so that started early in life and that's why I was, I was like motivated by science fair. Um, but I had a dark side. <laughs> like I always, I always knew there's something wrong with the, with the world. So my science fair project was about the atomic bomb. 
and how they, like the, the Manhattan Project and how they made the atomic bomb. And I, the centerpiece, because I know you got to go big with these things or go home. It's not actually about the little writing. It's actually about the presentation. So I made a giant mushroom cloud and put wires inside of it. So it was like blowing up in the science fair. And then I talked about Enrique Fermi or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, and one time, I forgot, I went to science fair at the state level, except it was, it was not science fair. Maybe you guys know, maybe dorks, are there any other dorks out there? Um, it was like you competed against other teams to do like little engineering tricks. So the, oh, oh it's all, Olympia. the Olympia, it was like that, thank you, from the back. Yeah, we had to make a contraption that you could drop an egg off a building out of and it would not break. But then it was like a ratio on like how much it weighed because you couldn't just put it in a mattress and drop it. You had to make it as small as possible. And um, we did pretty well. We had a cardboard box, it was really high tech and it was innovative, cardboard box and we put popcorn in it. And it turns out, no shit, like three inches of popcorn will stop that shit. Like we could drop an actual egg. It did pretty well. So try that when you're bored on a Friday night. Last pull, everybody. Thanks for being a good crowd. Hope I don't ruin it with this last one. What about those kids that <laughs> pisses you off? What about those kids pisses you off? I'll tell you what pisses me off. I was just thinking about this. These youngsters aren't wearing socks no more. And I'm talking about the guys in their shoes. And there might be some of you out there now who's not wearing socks. I'm telling you right now, as you get older, you realize you got to wear some goddamn socks in those shoes because your feet are not getting better with age. They get worse. I'm 40. I got a toenail. You know old people's feet? You know how the toenails change? They turn kind of yellow and like a, like a you know, this, you can't see through it anymore. I got one of those now. All right. And that's going to happen to you. So Get started early and wear some goddamn socks, everybody. And more importantly, give it up for Pam Benjamin. Keep it going for Rolf's car. Yes. I think that man can filibuster so hard. I think we should send him on the 6th to do, I don't know, something political. Like, just keep talking. Everybody will listen to you. It'll be great. And then maybe everything will be okay. Everybody, don't, I, I, I mean, I don't, and I'm being politically heavy-handed, but do vote. Uh, just make the time. If you haven't voted yet, vote on the 6th. Just do what you can to, we, we really do, like, have an active voice. I mean, like, like, hundred years ago, women fought for the vote, and now we're like, whatever, like, the voice is really important, I'll vote for that, like, on the cell phone, boop, 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 boop. Sorry, it's Blake, you know. How did he win Sexiest Man Alive? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'll do one of these before we do the next, oh, shit. It's, we can't give him out Hysterical pregnancy. Have you guys ever heard about this? That the human mind is so strong that if you believe that you're pregnant, you can actually blow up and get like hysterically pregnant. It's like a thing. It's not even a joke, it's just a real thing. Da da da, the more you know, yay, feminism. It's like, should we do those on NBC now? <laughs> like weird. The rule of thumb was when you could beat your wife with something the size of your thumb or smaller. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
it's real. You can look <laughs> Feminism is so funny. Your next comedian is a lovely human being and he's getting married soon and I'm so excited for him because he just has a lovely life and a lovely wife and you guys are going to love him right now. Clap your hands wildly for Casey Scannell. Yay! <laughs> Keep it going for Pam, man. She's just as lovely. Yay! I love coming here, man. It's fun. It is fun. I saw something interesting on my walk here, though. I saw, uh, I don't know how to say it. I saw a homeless man uh, eating the butt of another homeless man. I saw true love tonight, guys. Yeah, I did. And I did what any of us would do in that situation. You know, I stopped and I watched. My Insta story's not gonna write itself. It never does. <laughs> I need that sweet, sweet content, you know? And uh, I'm standing there, trying to choose a filter. And I don't know if he felt my presence or maybe he just got full, but he stopped what he was doing and he wiped his mouth. He turned around, he looked at me, he said, what are you looking at, gay boy? I was like, gay boy, but you're the, sir, this boner has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Hell hat. Look at all these nice people. You guys look great. You guys are all friends with, uh, who, who are you guys friends with again? Jasper. Jasper, you're popular. I had friends once. Growing up, they were, you can't say certain things that your friends used to say to you. Like they used to call me like, you know, hey, retard and all that stuff. Used to call me that. Now they don't call me at all. Pretty lonely life. I like to drink alone. You guys like to drink? Yeah. I think drinking alone is the best way to go because then you, you don't black out. You just fast forward, you know? Mmm. It's the delicious TiVo of life. Ooh, consent. That's a big one. Don't know how to touch that. But it's about sex, right? Sexy stuff, not very good at that. Mm-mm, I'm bad, I can't knock boots, can barely slap sandals together. I'm struggling, struggling. And I know that I'm bad at sex because every single woman that I've ever slept with has had to finish herself off at the end. Yeah, it's true, and after like the fourth or fifth suicide, I was like, shit! <laughs> this one's on me. Fuck you, or fuck you, who came first? Me, always, it's always me who comes first. <laughs> Hell hat! Oh, prohibition. Guys, uh, this is a fun fact. I lost a lot of weight because after I uh, proposed to my future wife, I promised her I would uh, downgrade from what scientists would call a fat fuck. Uh, needed to take care of that because I was a lumpy son of a bitch. So one of the things I said I would do was uh, I was going to give up beer for a whole year and I fucking did it. Mm -hmm. That's saying something for me because I drink a lot. A lot. Some would say too much, but those people are doctors and they don't know how to party. Hmm. When is the next great war? Hmm. Deep. It's a very Pam-esque question. 
I don't know. Moving on, Hellhat! 